thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, before we hear the word, uh, as I was told, I have to obey the protocols. Let me introduce my wife. Uh, Pastor Geraldine, if you can come forward, just say hi to the people before we hear the word. Thank you. I praise the Lord, church. It's a great blessing uh, for us to be here this morning to worship with you. And we thank God for the steps of the righteous are ordered by him. And so we are expectant as well uh, because we know God is moving in this church. And uh, we are expecting to hear from God. So God richly bless you. Uh, we have three children. Uh, we have two sons and a daughter. And they didn't come with us. They, they, they went to our church. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, even before you hear the word, once again, to the leadership of this church, uh, Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor Florence, and may God bless you. Thank you so much even for inviting us. And also for studying with my brother. I know it has been a very hard time for the family. Uh, but I am grateful that all of you stood with this family. We are all one body of Christ. And even to see people standing with one another, especially during that, this difficult time, is, it shows the love of Christ. And even the non-believers, they encourage when they see how we stand with one another. The Bible says that they, are, that they shall know you by your fruit and also by the love that you show uh, to one another. And I believe this was a, uh, it was a difficult time, yes, but the families, uh, the church, and even the body of Christ stood with this family. So God richly, richly bless you. I've known Pastor Paul for quite a number of years. I remember when he used to work in Canada Wharf, we used to meet every Friday without fail in our church, just to pray, me and him. And I remember sometimes we would, we would go for one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and he had to call, take the phone and call the wife and tell the wife, oh, we're getting late again. But it was purposely for prayer. So I've known him as a man of prayer, and he has been a blessing to my family and to our church. So when I come to this church, I know I'm coming to a church of my brother uh, who has stood with me uh, in the past and he continues to stand with me. So God bless you. So I know uh, you are a lovely church. I've been here before and I believe that the Lord has a word for us today that I am going to share with you. Uh, our children were supposed to come with us but they are rehearsing because next Sunday we, they, we have a production, uh, uh, Christmas carol service and they'll be participating so they will not be able to, that's why they were unable to come. I had told Pastor Paul they are going to come with us, but they told us they will not be able to come because they are participating in that program. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right. So if you came with your Bibles today, I would like us to go to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 and 4. Um, the book of Habakkuk. The book of uh, chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it, will, it surely will come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright within him, 
but the just shall live by his faith. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. Uh, when I was asking God, what do I come in to minister to this church? Um, I, the Holy Spirit reminded me that we are coming to the end of the year. It's been a very, very tough year. Uh, not only this year, but actually looking at uh, back in the year 2020, uh, since the pandemic, most, most family has gone through very, very difficult time. And it has been challenging in different ways. Finance, uh, maybe it might be financial, some people have been raided off. Uh, people have had bereavement, uh, ailment, uh, a lot of uncertainty, not only in, in the church, but also in families. In businesses have lost, most people have lost their businesses. Uh, some people have been raided off. So it, it, there have been a lot that has been going on. And because it's not as phase that most people have been in, it has been difficult even to predict what is going to come to pass. Even right now, uh, I, if I ask you what might happen in the year 2022, most of us may not be sure what might happen. But the Lord was laying in my heart uh, some few scriptures. And one of the scriptures that the Lord led me to, uh, uh, to read is this book uh, of Habakkuk. Uh, I read from chapter 1 and chapter 2. And it was more of an inspiration or as a direction of what the Lord is doing uh, in, in, the next, in the next year. I know sometimes we try to, comp- uh, to put God in the, in the box of our calendar, but in actual fact, God works in season. And I, uh, what I'm talking about this now, we may talk about the year 2022 as the way we manage our calendar, but in actual fact, God works in season. And the Lord was reminding me that we are in a season, but there's, there are some directives or direction that we need to take to be able to translate to the next season. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I'll be using the word next year and the next season uh, interchangeably, but I believe now we are, we are going to understand this word as believers that we are changing from one season to another. Praise God. Amen. So the background of this scripture that we have just read with you, uh, we just read right now, the book of Habakkuk, it may not make sense if you have not read the, book of, uh, the same book in chapter 1. Chapter 1, we see the writer of this book, Habakkuk, uh, he asked God questions. He asked two questions in chapter one. Don't read it now. We read it when we go home. Chapter one, he asked two questions. Uh, one of the questions he asked, God answered that question immediately. And then he asked another question in the still the, that book of chapter one of Habakkuk. God, uh, he asked God another question, but the uh, the question that he asked was not answered immediately. So he says in, in the next chapter now that we are reading, uh, the book of uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verse 1, he said, I, I will set myself upon the rampant, and I'm going to ask God, and I'm going to wait to hear what God is going to say. So this time, he set himself to hear what God is going to say concerning the changes that he needed. And that's why now we find ourselves reading the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 4, when God now answered him the second question that he asked him. Praise God. So, and I want us to come, all of us together, that you may have questions that you're asking God right now. How are things going to happen? How are things going to pan out the next year? Or could it be possible, maybe you're asking God, how is my business going to, to be? How is, how is my family going to be in the, uh, 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 the, the coming year or the coming season? Uh, and you are, maybe you have questions that you're asking God, just like Habakkuk, who is asking God questions. And, but God told him, this is the way. Uh, I, I'm answering, uh, God answered him and told him, uh, uh, this word. Then the Lord answered him and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablet. 
that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it is surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Praise God. I want us to take two things here. The writing of vision and what you, the writing of the vision being an act of faith. Two things here. Writing the vision down was, was the answer that God gave him. He told him, write your vision down. And what actually what you are doing is an act of faith. So that brings us to the title of our message today. We need to learn how to write our vision for the new season. So you may have questions that you have right now. I don't know maybe what you're going through right now in your life. But you have questions that you have been asking God. How, uh, how am I going to change this? Uh, how am I going to make a difference in the, the new year? Uh, or the new season. But maybe you have, not, God, you have not had the answer. But I have come with this word to tell you that it is possible to change your life or to change your circumstances by number one, writing it as a vision. So we are going to break it down from uh, how do you write your vision, uh, uh, personal vision, uh, business vision, uh, uh, family vision. And when you understand the importance of it is that and, and we have this assurance that God is going to answer, then we know that we are able to change our life and the life of others. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. When I was reading the background of this, the, the, the writer of this book, the book of Habakkuk, actually I found actually, uh, according to rabbinic tradition writings, that Habakkuk was the son of the Shunammite woman. The, uh, uh, in the book of Second uh, King chapter 4, verse 16, the boy who was raised from the dead, he, he, Habakkuk, the prophet, the, the, rabbinic, the rabbinic traditions uh, say that he is that boy who is speaking now, who is, who, who is the writer of this book. Amen. And it tells us that now sometimes when God gives you a word or when they, you have an encounter with God, that encounter never leaves you or it never leaves your life or it never leaves your family. Praise God. And, uh, and uh, I see the advantages that we have as believers, but sometimes we don't maximize them. So for example, for example, uh, there are people who are seated here. Maybe you have had a divine encounter. You are healed many years ago. Maybe you believed for a child, and uh, miraculously, you, you are a mother or you are you are a father, or uh, or there's something you had an encounter. And God was reminding me that any encounter that you have ever had is not supposed to leave your family. It's supposed to be perpetuated. Praise God, because you are a carrier of that anointing. Are we together? Amen. That is, by the way, uh, I'm not going to charge for that. You didn't get that one. So I'm saying that <laughs> is, by the way, it is not part of the message. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, and I want you to understand that I, I want to, uh, to uh, I want you to juggle your mind and see yourself. What is the, uh, the, the the greatest encounter you have ever had in life, and are you using it to help others? Let me give a good example. When we got married with my wife, we took some, a number of years before we could not be able to get children. And we prayed and uh, nothing was happening. And it was a struggle. And me being the firstborn, unfortunately, it's not like in this country. Uh, in our culture, if you're a man and you don't have a child, obviously the grandmothers will, uh, and the, the village will start asking questions, what is not happening? And it was not uh, to a point that I felt that even I, I, didn't, I was unable to call back home because of the circumstance. 
We had adopted children, and the reason why we adopted the children is not because we could not get children, is because it's part, we felt that we, it's part of our lives. But unfortunately, in the back home, it was interpreted that because we can't get children, that's why we adopt children. So you can imagine the pain. But by the faithfulness of God, we, now we are parents, we, we have uh, three wonderful children, amen? amen? That which could not be done natural, uh, by, by, you know, we knew that it was, it was God because God showed my wife a vision that we are going to have children. And even actually our children, we are given the names before they were born. Praise God. Amen. So do you know what happened? From that time, we believe that we, God showed us that we, he had blessed us that anybody we pray for who don't have children, they'll have children. Why? Because we are a carrier of that anointing. Amen. Amen. So I'm just giving an example. So when, when, if God has ever delivered you from a, a place, you carry that anointing. I needed to make that clarity there. Amen. Amen. So we, we thank God uh, for that. So let's come back to writing the vision. So the one thing that maybe we need to understand is that you're never too old to write a vision again. To write a vision. Amen. Amen. You're never too old. Let me give you some statistics here of people who, at a very old age, they did great things. Age 70, George Branstad became the oldest person to swim the English Channel. Age 71, after 27 years in prison, South African President uh, Nelson Mandela gains his freedom and becomes a president. Age 77, astronaut John Grant returned to space on the, uh, uh, on the Space Shuttle Discovery Mission. Uh, age 79, uh, age 78, Grandma Moses begins her career as a serious painter. So it's never too late to start or to write your vision down. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So let me read for you some statistics that maybe are going to awaken all of us to see the importance of, uh, of writing the vision down. And maybe even before we read these statistics, we are going to ask ourselves, I believe most of you have worked for corporates, you've been in organizations, and some of these organizations are secular organizations. But if you go to any company, they have a vision, they have a plan, they have a mission statement, they have, uh, they have already planned maybe where they will be the next five years, the next ten years, all things being equal. But I've realized actually, the, us, the, uh, the, the, the corporates use the Bible and get results, but we, the believers, we have the, the, uh, the Bible, but we don't use it. Because vision statement and mission statement, actually we find it, uh, its origin is in the Bible. So it tells us that if we obey the word of God and do it word for word, we are going to get results. Praise God. Let me show you. Uh, I'll read for you. Um, this is some years back. Uh, there's a university professor by the name of Dr. Gail Matthews. Uh, he was a psychology uh, professor at Dominican University. He conducted a research in the topic of goal setting and lighting your vision down. He did this with 267 uh, uh, students and he actually realized actually uh, that uh, out of the the 267 participant, he realized just writing the, your goals down, you have you have 42 percent uh, chances of likely achieving it. Just writing your goals down, amen. amen. And this is go to the very basic. Next week I'm going to do shopping. I'm going to cook this and this and this and this. It's not just waking up and just you know just writing your goals down. You have a chance of 
uh, uh, achieving them. Amen. Another study was done by Harvard University uh, uh, MBA program. That was back in 1979. And they were doing, uh, the, the lecturer asked the students, out 1,000 students, he asked them, do you have a clear written goal for your future? This is a question that he asked in the assembly. And only 3% who had written goals and plans, only 3% of the 1,000 students, only 3%. 13% had some goals but never wrote them down. And alarming 84% had no goals at all. The same, they did the research 10 years afterwards. They discovered that the 3% who had written goals were earning on average 20 times as much as the 97% of the class combined. Are we together? Am I poking in? Something for, so writing your vision down is biblical and you're going to get results. Remember the scripture what says, though it may tarry, it shall come to pass. And actually the scripture uh, repeats the same, it says, though it tarries, it shall come to pass. So what does that mean, writing our vision down? It means that number one, you have to be clear of what you want. And you have to have clarity of what your goals, what are your goals? And one thing that maybe I'll also uh, like to us to look at the scriptures is the, because you, you write down what you imagine. So it brings to an, us another side of, uh, of this sermon this morning about the power of imagination because you have to imagine first before you write. Are we together? Yes. I remember a few months ago, I was praying and I was asking God some few things I was praying about divine healing, and I was, uh, because I was, we were in a session of teaching about divine healing. And the Lord provoked me to read the scriptures uh, about imagination, the power of imagination. For a long time I had thought imagination about just imagining the achievement of life, but God provoked me to ask myself, do I see myself, do I see the congregation I'm preaching to being healed? Can I imagine, uh, can I, do I imagine to see, uh, uh, seeing them uh, uh, rising from, from their sicknesses? And it was humbling because, you know, sometimes we can dispense information, but ourselves we are not fully assured or fully convinced that they are going to perform. So the Lord provoked me to imagine, to, and I, I, I remember he told me, as much as you imagine, whatever you imagine, if I imagine people being healed, they'll be healed. If I imagine people being set free, they'll be set free. If I imagine uh, laying hands on the sick and they receive their healing, they are going to receive their healing. That is the pastor side. I'm bringing it to you now. What do you imagine? Because before we write down, we have to think ourselves, what are we imagining? Do we imagine failure? Do we imagine repetitive cycles of, uh, of failure? Or what is in our mind? Remember the book of Job, it says, the thing that I feared has come to pass. So what is your imagination? Because if you only imagine uh, 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 negative things happening, that's what you are going to, to, uh, uh, to bring to pass. The Bible says in the book of uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, uh, that as a man thinketh, so he is. So if you are thinking failure, by the time even, you will not even have the energy to write things down that are positive. Praise God. I'm not bringing you to meditation class, but I want you to ask yourself and challenge yourself, what do you think about most? I know we have in a season of, uh, of the pandemic, but do you see yourself contracting pandem uh, the, the, 
the, the, the virus. I'm not saying that you have become careless, but do you, what do you imagine yourself contra contracting it? Because if you imagine it, the thing that you feared will come to pass. If you imagine yourself being evicted or losing a job because of the pandemic, the thing that you entertain is uh, the thing that you are going to revolve in your head, and somehow, though you have not written them down, they're going to come to pass. Are we together? Yes. So, by the, before we come to that part of writing our vision down, we have to change our imagination and we have to think like God, the way think God sees us. What does the scripture say? Because the mind of God is in his word. So when we begin to imagine things as the scripture says, it says by his tribes we were healed. So you imagine yourself healed. Amen. We know that he shall provide for uh, he shall supply to us according to his riches in glory. We see ourselves provided for. Amen. Amen. We say we see the, the book of Psalm 91. Uh, uh, what does it say? He's our our shelter. We see ourselves sheltered. So your imagination is how you begin to imagine scriptures as it is. As a true word. Amen. Amen. And with the, the more you, uh, you, you now begin to think like God, uh, 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 what the word of God says, the more you begin to command results. And that's why Paul says in the book of uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Hello? Amen. He says that you, com you, you commit your body as a living sacrifice. But also he says... Be, uh, by renewing your mind, be transformed by renewing of your mind. So our minds are renewed to believe what the scripture says and then those are the minds of God. And when you begin to think as God, you know, remember when you have the mind of Christ, you are not, limit, you don't limit God. Are we together? Amen. Okay, let's come back now to the class of writing the vision down. So, we understand actually that the mind of God is that God is not limited, we cannot limit him, but as, as, as a man thinketh, so he is. Amen. One day, I remember many years ago when I, was, uh, uh, I began the ministry uh, as a pastor, we were praying, and one lady came forward and asked me, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. And um, I asked her, what do you want me to pray for you? She, she told me, I'm believing for a job. I asked her, uh, exactly how much do you plan uh, believing to earn in a, week? Uh, in a week? She told me, Pastor, I want 250. I asked her, only 250? She told me, yes. 250. She was new in the country, so 250 <laughs> translating from where she was coming from, it was too much. So I told her, Are you sure you want 250? She told me, Pastor, yes, I want 250. You, you are not believing for more. She told me, Pastor, 250 is okay. So we prayed. And God answered the prayer. I think within 10 days, she got the job. She got exactly 250. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But now, <laughs> some months afterwards, I think after eight months, she came back to me and said, Pastor, I want us to pray again. I asked her, why do you want us to pray again? She told me, Pastor, I asked for 250, but I think it's not enough. I didn't want to tell her, remember I asked you twice, do you really need 250? Then we prayed again. She added only 100. She did for 350. Hello. The story, and I'm, this is a very honest story. She got 350. Hello? Amen. It may sound a very funny story, but what she wrote down came to pass. Amen. But she limited God. Yeah. Are we together? Amen. Right. So let me provoke you, and I don't want you to answer me, but I want you to ask, yourself, ask, ask this question to yourself. What are you believing God to become?
in the next new season. What are your... Do you, do you see yourself becoming a missionary? Do you see yourself uh, uh, supporting people? Do you see us, uh, where do you see yourself in the next one year, in the next two years? What, are you, what is your imagination? Because what you imagine will come to pass. But then you translate your imagination to writing them down. Amen. The reason why I'm so passionate about this scripture is because when I got born again many years ago, uh, I got born, we got born again and then my wife was brought up in the church system more than me. Uh, so I, when I got born again, I was very green. I was a staunch Catholic. We didn't have Bibles, so we had to rely on what the, uh, the, the priest said, so we didn't have like a Bible in the house. So it is my wife was teaching me, uh, read this Bible, have this and this and this and this. And I remember the first scripture that I ever read that provoked my mind is this scripture, the book of Abakak. And I remember what we did when we got married, I, I went to a painter and painted a, 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 a picture that had this scripture you know, on, on our, on our uh, dining room. And we started writing things down. And the thing that we have written down, I can say most of them, even where we are living, where our children go to school, we wrote them down even before our children came. Praise God. Amen. And I stand here on this altar to testify that most of the things that we have written down, God has never disappointed. Amen. Even to the building where we are meeting. Praise God. Amen. When we, where we meet right now, this is our 12th year. It's been, uh, the time we were going there, we were very, very few. But we wrote it down. I'm telling you, when God answered our prayer, I could not eat for two weeks. Have you, you have the Bible says that uh, you read, have you ever read the story of Peter when they, uh, they were praying for Peter to be released from prison? When Peter came, they were shocked. Either they didn't open the door. They say it's a ghost. Yeah. Because when God answered our prayer concerning the building, it was too quick. And the devil started speaking to me. You are going to lose this building. You are going to do this and this. You are, how are you going to manage? Because it was too quick and God answered our prayer. But it was written down as a vision. Amen. Praise God. I'm challenging all of us today, and I pray that next time I come here to visit, that you will have testimony service that God answer prayer, especially for those of you who have taken the step of faith and written your vision down. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so we have to ask ourselves, and I'm challenging this as an individual, as a family, where are we going as a family? Or where are you going as an individual? Where do you want to be in the next five years? Where do you want to be in the next 10 years? Amen. Amen. And that brings us to understanding what, what, when God talk, talk, uh, talks about writing your vision down, what does he mean? So we have to distinguish. What is a, a, a vision statement? Because God is challenging. Write a, a vision statement. So I, I have written it down here. Uh, and I, I know you know it, but for the sake of those who are taking note, let me say it. So what is the difference uh, between a vision statement and a mission statement. In this case, I'm going to call it the, uh, the family uh, vision statement. So, or the family mission statement. Whichever, whether you're individual or your family, whichever you want to, to call it. So, the vision statement expresses uh, what the family or what you want to be in the future. It is what you want to be in the future. The vision is what you want to be in the future. But, the mission statement expresses what 
you are doing right now to accomplish your goals for the future. So there's a difference. The vision is what you want to become. You want to build that house. You want to, uh, 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 you know, you, you want to do this and this. Th that's the vision that you have. But the mission is what are you doing right now to achieve those goals. So we have to challenge ourselves, even as families, husband and wife, uh, 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 even as an individual, that you have a vision, but you have a mission, which is the goal, you know, what you are doing right now to make sure that your vision is going to come to pass. And this is the difference. Most of the families or most of the individuals, they don't have a vision, their personal vision. So if you hear this and this is happening, you, you, you are all over because you didn't have a vision. But if you have a vision as a family, for example, to buy a house, uh, uh, maybe the next, uh, in the next one year you want to buy a new, uh, 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 to be in a new neighborhood, uh, that is a vision that you have. Then there must be a corresponding act, which is now we are calling the mission statement, that, uh, that what you are doing right now to make sure that you achieve that vision. That means that now you are spending, you maybe you may be, have to cut on your holidays, you may have to cut on some expenses because this is what you want to achieve, the vision that you have the next year. But if you don't have a vision and you have not written it down, then anybody can come in between and tell you that there's a business idea that has come that you can invest in this business. But if you, if you don't have a vision, you will follow them because you didn't have a vision, you didn't have a plan. But if you have a plan, you will say, no, it's a brilliant idea, but I have a vision that is written down that for next year, I need to do this and this as my family. So uh, it's a good, good idea, but for now, we cannot join. It makes sense now? Amen. Praise God. And this goes to not only families, but even individuals. Uh, you have a vision, maybe you are a student, you have a vision to become this and this and this and this. Then you have written it down, this is my achievement, this is the grade I want to hit because of this and this and this. So, my mission now is to make sure that I have to do this and this so that I can realize that goal. It makes sense now? Amen. So, the, write your vision down. It shall come to pass. I'm telling you, by the grace of God, uh, I, where I come from, we pay dowry. So I pay dowry for my wife, but the best thing that she ever introduced me to is this scripture. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Because it has been the thing that has helped us as a family. And I pray that this year, uh, when I come here next time, uh, I believe that I will hear testimonies of people who have written their vision down. And don't, uh, you know, according to your faith, according to your faith. Amen. Amen. And if you see maybe your neighbor has a, a bigger vision than you, listen, that is your neighbor. Don't worry. Write your vision down. Amen. It shall come to pass. Yes. Amen. Amen. Every year, at the beginning of the year, we normally have what we call a family retreat, whereby we take two, three days when we ask God, what do you want us to do this year? As a family. We started it in an accidental way, and we have seen God fulfill. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine, this is God telling you, write me a proposal. Imagine top back, uh, 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 banks tell you, write me a proposal of what you want me to do for you. I will find what you want me to do. Would you, have, uh, would, would you just take it casually? If, for example, today a bank writes to you, tell you, listen, write me a proposal. If you have a project, I'm going to fund it. You'll do the best. You'll do what you can to make sure that you write that proposal. Is it true? Yes. 
because the bank called mere human beings. This is God, the maker of heaven and earth. He's saying, challenge me. Write your vision down. Though it may tarry, it shall come to pass. Praise God. Amen. And as I come to the conclusion, I know uh, uh, time is not on my side, but let me just deviate a bit and come to the family part. Because if the churches, the families are stable, the church will be stable. The community will be stable. Our nation will be stable. So let me bring this to the family side, that every family that is, uh, uh, is represented here, even those who are watching online, that it is important as a family to have a vision. And when you're writing your vision, you have to include your children. And when I say include your, your children, it's because sometimes uh, our children may feel alienated or they may not be participate fully to our vision. I, I would like to maybe to highlight some of the cultures. I know this is a cosmopolitan city, but I've come to admire certain cultures, how they are able to involve their children in their businesses. Even if it's just small businesses, how they're able to incorporate them in their business. And I've seen them grow and become, uh, you know, create big enterprises in, in this country. And when I, I found it a challenging, maybe, is something also we are supposed to do as Christians. Amen. Amen. And if we can be able to involve our children when you are writing the vision, let them know this is what we are doing, this is what we are planning to do as, as a family. Uh, let them also contribute to the vision. Because if you write a vision and give it to them, sometimes they will not be able to understand it. But when you involve them, when you are writing it down, it makes a big difference. Praise God. I remember when I, 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 I have one, my last born daughter is seven years, when we told her, write a vision down, she even wrote the vision for, the, uh, uh, for herself and even what she's going to be doing in terms of supporting the brothers in their vision. She wrote it in a very paper, uh, uh, in her book, and somehow I sneaked on it and I saw what she had written. <laughs> Praise God. It's so encouraged that one of the things that maybe we wrote down is that we are believing God that we are going to move from where we are and we are going to have a bigger house. What I have said now is also helped me as a parent to tell them, no, don't ask for many gifts or money because we are saving towards our new house. And now they understand. But before we, did, we didn't have a vision, if we have not involved them in the vision, if they ask me anything, they will say, oh, daddy, buy me this. I'm not saying that it's a weapon against expenditure, but it is helping. Praise God. Why? Because they are part of the vision. And do you know what? When you write that vision, it's not about only achievement. There are things that you, also, you, uh, you have to incorporate in that vision, like the code of conduct in the house. How do we treat it one, one another? How do we, in terms of crisis, how do we handle as a family? Praise God. And don't think that they are young. Even at, the, at that young age, they understand. Praise the Lord. We have to also ask ourselves uh, the family values. When you're writing the, 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 the vision, whether they are big or they are, they are young, you can introduce. What are the family values? We have made mistakes, and this is a joy that even as a family, even if you have made mistakes in the, in the past, you can, uh, the, the joy of being a Christian is that you can repent and tell them, I ask for forgiveness. I made that mistake, but can you give me a second chance? Can you build a family vision? Amen. And because it is of God, God is going to honor. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. When I was growing up, I had some issues with my, uh, uh, my parents, especially my dad. And 
it is until I got born again that I, even after being a pastor for a number of years, that the Lord uh, provoked me and told me I have to go and seek for my family, uh, my parental blessing. And how it came to pass uh, for God to challenge me on this is that I was praying for the growth of the, con- of the congregation, the change of circumstances in our life. And I, I remember I took us sometimes to pray and fast, and then the Lord told me, uh, you have to teach the congregation about the Father's blessing. And I also want you to go and seek the parental blessing yourself. I remember I called my parents, I asked them for forgiveness, anything that I've ever done that has been, uh, uh, that I've, uh, you know, that offended them. Uh, I knew, obviously, I'd put them through some hard times before I got born again when I was young. So I asked for forgiveness. And uh, believe you me, within two weeks, some things that were challenging us as a family, they were all sorted. Praise God. Even before seeing my parents live, whereby they could have spoken a blessing over me. And the Lord told me, now teach the church. Now that you have the, I remember I traveled back home in Kenya. They blessed me. I asked for the blessing. They spoke a blessing over me. And then I came. I taught the church uh, about the Father's blessings. And people, most people ask for the parents uh, to be a blessing, to be blessed. And it changed everything in their lives. Amen. Amen. And I, I'm, I don't know why I just feel to say this. I, I was trying to listen to uh, exactly to take every scripture that, uh, that my brother. What? Do you, what? Do you? J. Yeah. J. J. Uh, about. Uh, I was trying, maybe obviously the, the scriptures were about being a blessing to the uh, uh, to the man of God uh, or to the prophet. But also, I, I just felt to remind all of us that if your parents are still alive or if you have a men of God who have been over, overseer over your life, just seek for their blessing. Praise God. I don't know why this is not part of the vision, uh, of the mission, uh, of, of the service today, but uh, just seek for that, that parental blessing. It goes a long way. Amen. Amen. It goes a long way. Seek a blessing. And uh, 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 this blessing of men of God, uh, bless the parental blessing, uh, blessing of people who have been a, a, a blessing. It may be your uncle. Maybe some of you is teachers who you knew somehow yes there are many teachers but maybe there's one teacher that maybe uh, uh, you know said something to you and you know, the, the switch bulb came on you know you when I say this thing the thing that you can identify and I'm saying this we are in the festive season the very best time to take that step of faith and say that I just wanted to see you for Christmas and this is the blessing that I have for you praise God maybe you're a former teacher Maybe your former uh, 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 priest, your parents, if they are alive, do something this Christmas. Praise God. Amen. And then as you write your vision down, don't only involve the things of getting material things, but also what, can also, what do you plan to do for God in the next year? Hello? Amen. Do you plan to, uh, 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 to support the work of God? How do you plan to serve God? Because if you serve God without... Uh, 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 you know, a proper plan. Sometimes we'll give up. Amen. I will not lie to you, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I feel like I'll go to worship somewhere else. Amen? Amen. But I know I have a commitment and have a vision that God has given me. That's what keep me, keep me in check. Amen. Amen? Not every time that everything will be smiling 
uh, even in our family, sometimes, uh, even with my wife, sometimes uh, we, we, we might, uh, you know, not every time that everything is rosy. Amen. But because we have a vision together uh, to serve God, to be mar- we have been married for all these years, it keeps us in check. Amen. So, because of, for the sake of time, I would have gone and on and on. But have vision. Well, write your vision down. Your finances. Hello. How are you going to spend your finances? In most couples, one is better with finances, the other one is not. And by the saying that, I, you can know who is better in, my, in our family with finances. In the beginning, I thought I was, I, I was the one. So I was the Minister of Interior, uh, Minister of Treasury. I was the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs. I was the Minister of, of Defense. I was, I was holding all portfolios. But then, until I realized, actually, I have a helper who is better than me. And we, we, we named her the Minister of Treasury for life. Because the moment I was, the time I was a Minister of Treasury, we were in debt. <laughs> Praise God. So she's the Minister of Treasury, the Minister of Home Affairs. Amen? So I'm only now the Minister of Defense. <laughs> Right? And uh, so we have to understand that now, understand the roles and who is better in what. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So when you're writing your vision down, it's a teamwork. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be challenging because in something that you have never done before. But as you do it the right way, you'll enjoy. Amen. Amen. So please, uh, let's rise up on our feet and uh, uh, we come to the conclusion of our service today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So when you write your vision, don't forget even your spiritual life. How are you going to nourish it? Maybe you have not been praying together as a family. Let it be part of the vision. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name. We are grateful for the word that has just gone forth this afternoon. Dear Lord, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this word uh, will fall, or has, I believe it has fallen in a fertile ground where it shall germinate and bring forth more fruit. We come against the powers of darkness or anything that may try to rob this word. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ that your will will be done in the life of your children. We pray that we may strengthen them and watch over them. Surround them with songs of healing and deliverance. And above all, may Christ be formed in their heart. I pray, draw them near to yourself like never before. Increase their greatness in the land of the living. And whatever they write down, O God, we pray that in a speedy way, it shall come to pass. Amen. Thank you for the new status. Thank you for uh, elevation. Thank you, dear Lord of God, even for promotions, for increase, for expansion in the life of your children. Even that which the enemy has taken away, by faith we call it back in Jesus' name. You are God who restores and you are God who hears our prayers. We thank you and we bless your holy name. Amen. 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 Before I wind up, let me just share this. Uh, this is what I was asking God. Uh, uh, when you go to a new place, which is the word that you have for them? Every week in our church, we have what we call the prophetic word of the week. And when I'm asking God, what is the prophetic word for this church? The Lord told me, uh, give me the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11. You can give us that chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11. That's the word that God gave me. Uh, just uh, and that's the prophetic word for the church. When I say this church, it means you. The church we, it's not about the building, 
is about you. Deuteronomy chapter 1. As I wind up. If it's not there, I can read it for you. Is this the word that God gave me? The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he has promised you. Amen. Amen. And I pray for you. This is a word that I pray for you. May the Lord God of our fathers make you a thousand times more as many as you are and bless you as he has promised you. Amen. 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 So if you are earning a pound, I'm assured by the time I come next time, it will be a thousand pounds. Amen. 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 The anointing of a thousand times more. And I hear the Lord saying, may the new season be your year of expansion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Amen.